0: Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Make sure you head on over to the website and check it out. Yes, and make sure you join the Travel Club because we go to some fantastic places in... We want you to come with. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this year is coming to an end. And today we'll do some reminiscing and we'll talk about some winter and holiday travel tips. And of course, some holiday cheer. We'll also have Javon's travel minute and of course the culture report. I still can't believe it's the end of the year. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness, 2023 is coming to a close. But, anywho, let's talk about some travel news. In light of what's happening in Israel, the birthplace of Jesus is in Bethlehem, Palestine. And 2.38 billion Christians in the world respect this little town as the birthplace of Jesus Christ and as a holy place. It is one of the most popular tourist destinations for Christian pilgrims, tourists, and history enthusiasts, and it's under rubble, which is the reason Christian churches in Bethlehem are now officially canceling Christmas in Bethlehem and indirectly for Christians around the globe. No Christmas trees in Bethlehem. They will not have a Christmas tree this year due to scaled-down celebrations at the traditional birthplace of Jesus. And this was announced just a little bit more than a week ago. At that time, plans for the festivities in Bethlehem were expected to be modest and without extravagant decorations and were supposed to take place amidst the backdrop of the ongoing Gaza war. But they have decided to cancel all of that. Now, Bethlehem, a town adjacent to Jerusalem in the occupied West Bank, has experienced the impact of Israeli-Palestinian clashes from previous years. However, the present conflict in Gaza Strip, located approximately 30 miles away, has particularly captivated numerous residents. Therefore, all Palestinian churches have decided to forego Christmas celebrations this year, while a church in Bethlehem expresses its anguish Through the medium of iconography, the churches of Palestine have announced the cancellation of all festive Christmas celebrations in an expression of unity with Gaza and rejection of the ongoing aggression against Palestinians, limiting them to masses and prayers. In Bethlehem, the Lutheran Church decided that its Christmas nativity scene would reflect the reality of children living and being born in Palestine today placing the symbolic baby Jesus in a manger of rubble and destruction. It is a poignant representation of the suffering of Gaza's children who find themselves buried under what is left to their own homes, victims of relentless Israeli bombardment. The true meaning of Christmas has been lost this year, according to church leaders, and they are trying to convey a message reflecting the birth of Christ the messenger of justice, peace, and dignity for humanity. Bethlehem is sad and broken. According to the churches, we are all in pain about what is happening in Gaza, feeling helpless and overwhelmed by our inability to offer anything, End quote. Bethlehem Reverend Munther Isaac recently forwarded a letter from the churches in Bethlehem a city of great religious significance to the U.S. administration in Washington, D.C. The purpose of the letter was to implore U.S. President Biden, who is also a Catholic, the U.S. Congress and leaders of American churches to embrace Christ's teachings against injustice and to actively work towards ending the conflict in Gaza. Isaac emphasized the often overlooked presence of Palestinian Christians in the West and stressed That the ongoing war in Palestine impacts all Palestinians regardless of their religious affiliation. He called upon the nation to unite and take responsibility for speaking out against the war. Now tourism income in Bethlehem can be a significant contributor to the local economy given the city's historical and religious standing, particularly for Christian pilgrims. Leaders in the travel and tourism industry have been silent on the deadly conflict, knowing well that tourism income for Bethlehem is a major economic factor on both Palestine and Israel. And this is according to Tourism and Economics for Bethlehem. Now, coming summer of 2025, yeah, we're talking about 2025, Royal Caribbean's third inline new ship, Star of the Seas, is officially on sale. Bookings are expected to break records, as did those of Icon of the Seas, which went on sale in 2022. The Icon class, Beauty, will sail seven-night itineraries from Port Canaveral, alternating to the eastern and western Caribbean, including Basaterra, St. Kitts, and Nevis, Cozumel, Mexico, Phillipsburg, St. Martin, Roatan, Honduras, and San Juan, Puerto Rico, with a stop at Perfect Day at Coco Cay, its inaugural cruise on August 24, 2025. By the time the ship sails, Coco Cay will offer its newest attraction, its first adults-only oasis. Hideaway Beach will open January of 2024 with a private beach, pools, and cabanas. The first Icon-class ship, Icon of the Seas, will debut in January 2024. In a hint at what's to come on Star of the Seas, Royal Caribbean said there will be a beach retreat, a resort escape, and a theme park adventure across eight neighborhoods, including Thrill Island, Chill Island, Aquadome, and the popular Open Air Central Park. There also will be four signature stages, air, ice, water, and theater, and a lineup of activities for adults, children and teens. There's also the cutting edge entertainment, including a towering waterfall in the Aquadome, skaters performing against a digital backdrop in absolute zero and Broadway shows on the main stage. Other icon class highlights on star will be the category six water park and it'll have six water slides and crowns edge park skywalk part ropes course and part thrill ride. There will be seven pools, including a swim-up bar and a -a one-of-a-kind infinity pool suspended 135 feet above the ocean. The Surfside neighborhood is being designed for young families with new experiences that will be revealed at a later date. As far as design, Star of the Seas is expected to look much like its sister, Icon of the Seas. Currently, the largest ship in the world with 20 decks and 2,805 staterooms. It holds 7,600 guests and 2,305 crew. Star's Orlando based itineraries will provide an alternative to Miami based icon. Oh boy, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Now, someone did a study. And this study is on people who get to the airport more than two hours before their flight. And they say that they often have seven character traits. Well, I'm not there more than two hours before, but I am there two hours before for domestic and three hours before for international. (laughs) So I guess for some, I am more than two hours. I guess it puts me somewhere in between but are you the type that will arrive at the airport hours ahead of your schedule just so that you can be waiting yeah i mean i like to just be sitting there chill rather than stressing about getting there whether or not i'm going to miss my flight lines after lines and actually that happened to me recently i kind of forgot about a holiday and I was traveling, so I gave myself my normal time, but I ran into such a traffic jam because of the Thanksgiving weekend. Getting to the airport was fine, but the airport traffic, that last little stretch, getting to the airport was bumper to bumper and I was stressing out quite a bit. And I don't like that feeling. So here are the seven character traits of us early birds. (laughs) And believe me, that weekend reminded me of why I should have left earlier. They're naturally punctual. And yes, I'm naturally punctual. So being early is not only that you're good at managing your time and staying focused, but also you're likely to be courteous and considerate of others too, because really being on time is being considerate of others. Making them wait for you is not. They're risk-averse and cautious. Yes, I would say I'm a bit cautious. They're organized. Yes, I would say I'm organized sometimes. (laughs) But I do like things to be orderly and systematic. And sometimes they say that I have organized chaos as well. I'm not as organized as someone I know. Hmm. They hate stress. Yes, who likes stress? Maybe some people thrive better in stress. I don't know. They're patient. Yes, I can be very patient. So is any of this ringing true for you? I'm sitting here analyzing myself as I'm going through these. They're always prepared for emergencies. Now that's very important. And I think that's because I organize and lead groups. But yes, being organized, being on time, being punctual, all of these things allow for you to be prepared for emergencies. And they enjoy leisure time and relaxation. Absolutely love that. Those are the seven traits of people who arrive to the airport early. Have you noticed that hotel advertisements as of late are kind of advertising perks that used to be a given or in some cases still are, but they're advertising, hey, we give you this, but uh, yeah, it's like, don't you always do that or shouldn't you really do that? No resort fees. That's one that's not always a given because you never know when those resort fees, even for hotels that are not resorts, are charging you that daily fee anywhere from twenty dollars to a hundred dollars per room per night uh, that you're charged and then they claim that you get free internet and all of these things when actually the resort fee is paying for all of those things so the u.s government has really been coming down on hotels about these types of fees not only about the fee itself but being transparent about it because shouldn't it be part of the room rate and not just an additional fee and that's where the transparency comes in but yeah use of hotel gym pool towels internet all of these things aren't really free if you're paying a resort fee for it so uh, some of the hotels that are saying that they don't have a resort fee are making that a prime advertising element and what about free breakfast for hotel guests yes these things are really ways that are making it more palatable for people to book a hotel or making it more appealing and saying, yes, I'll book that hotel because I get a free breakfast or a breakfast that's included and resort fees are not charged. Daily housekeeping. Yes, some hotels are advertising daily housekeeping. So what happened during COVID is that you didn't get daily housekeeping anymore because of COVID rules and restrictions and the need to minimize contact. And some people didn't want you in their rooms cleaning. And so you had to identify or ask for housekeeping, but they're saying, "Hey, daily housekeeping is included. But didn't it always used to be included? It wasn't something that you had to specifically ask for or advertise that it's part of the package or part of the hotel rate. Yes, free daily housekeeping. And in some cases, they've reduced daily housekeeping to a daily refresh, not a full-on cleaned room. So they call it a daily refresh or a lighter touch housekeeping. Coming up, we're gonna talk about travel recommendations for the holidays, Kwanzaa. We'll revisit some of the things that happened in 2023. Also just some of these holiday travel tips that you really should be aware of before you embark on your holiday travel coming up. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website, travelingculturati.com and stay connected with me. Follow us on social media. And I'd like to know what you're up to. I can only do that if you connect with me on social media. And just make sure you visit the website and find out about all the wonderful things that we do. Today, again, we're talking about what were the travel trends for 2023? Did they hold true? Of course, we have some holiday and winter travel tips for you. And of course, it's the holidays. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yes, it's the end of the year. (laughs) I, I really just can't believe that here we are at the end of the year. So let's start with reminiscing about 2023. And what were some of those travel trends that were predicted At the beginning of the year for 2023. One is vacation spend is not slowing. And I can tell you that for 2023, it was a very busy year for travel. And yes, the numbers, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, flights were full everywhere, hotels were full. It really did not slow. People were really back to. 2019 travel ideas and travel habits. So that rang true. Another travel trend was that consumers will book trips further out. And I think they did. I think people really looked at 2023. Those who didn't travel in 22 or 21 really started planning and giving themselves a little bit more time. People felt a little bit more confident with booking further out, with less fear that they would need to cancel or change their reservations due to COVID or any other concerns. So I would agree with that, that people were booking further out. As a matter of fact, there was a survey done in October, conducted by Morning Consult on behalf of the American Hotel and Lodging Association, And they said that 61% of the 4,000 Americans that were polled said that they were likely to take more vacations in 2023 than they did the previous year. And both Friedman and Liebel Coates said that they are seeing consumers book longer trips. So longer trips and further in advance. Another travel trend, airlines have learned some lessons, but expect some turbulence for 2023. Certainly, 2022 was not a good year for the airlines as far as incidents were concerned. Airlines were kind of taking turns with having incidents, whether it was last Christmas holiday where people were stranded and complete shutdowns or meltdowns from airlines. Also, the summer of 2022 was a nightmare as well for some airlines because of a shortage of staff, canceled flights, delayed flights, and all of these were part of labor shortages. And I would say that 2023, the airlines really did learn some lessons. One of the things that they did was to reduce their flight schedules so that they weren't putting so much stress and pressure on the employees that they had. They also did big pushes for hiring, and they got more staff. Now, they weren't as Experienced as in previous years, but they had more presence. So you're looking at roughly full and part time workers at the end of September of 2023, which was roughly 3.6% higher than the total number of employees and workers for domestic passenger airlines in September of 2019. And this is according to the U.S. Department of Transportation. So, yes, the airlines did a better job in 2023 than they did in 2022. So they did some adjustments there. Travel four was labor is still a concern at airports. While it was still a concern for those, it wasn't as bad as we thought that it would be. Again, due to the previous trend, which was that the airlines hired more, made some adjustments and improved overall because no one really wanted to repeat some of the things and issues that occurred in 2022. So labor is still somewhat of a concern, but much less than anticipated. Travel trend five, airfare is not getting cheaper this year. Actually, I think the beginning of the year or the first quarter or so of the year, airfares were creeping up in price, but we saw them come back down. We really did see some better airfares come in in 2023. So that one kind of remained a little neutral that parts of the year airfares were higher, but they then kind of stabilized. They peaked, stabilized, and then they got much better as the year went on. Another travel trend predicted for 2023 was that people are paying for sustainable choices in 2023. And Beyond, and I would say probably more virtuoso or more luxury or higher end travelers did. I don't know so much about the more budget-friendly travelers or the middle budget travelers, but definitely I think there were some travelers who were more conscious about sustainable choices in 2023. And I think that's a trend that's going to continue to grow as the years go on. Another travel trend was there would be an effort for more inclusivity and space with LGBTQ and also minority travelers. And one of the things that I'm seeing a lot in advertising, I can't say for certain how it really played out on the people-to-people or person-to-person kind of level at hotels, at destinations, with the airlines. But I can tell you in advertisement, you saw more diversity in advertising as far as who companies were advertising to. You saw more LGBTQ in advertisement. You saw more African-American, more Asian, more Hispanic. So you saw more diversity in advertising. Hotel trends that would have less issues with labor and I'm 50-50 on that one, and this is based on my own experience, but the American Hotel Association surveyed more than 200 hoteliers in September of this year and found that 87% of those properties were experiencing staffing shortages and 36% are navigating severe staffing challenges. Staffing challenges, what I have experienced throughout my travels of 2023, and I'll share with you the places that we went a little bit later, was that level of experience. So it takes time to get people trained. And that was kind of the frustrating part is that there was a lack of experience and a difference in how customer service is handled. So that's what I would say in addition to short-staffed. One trend that was predicted for 23 is that there would be more group travel in 23. And yes, (laughs) there was definitely more group travel, where in 22, there were more individual travelers. And again, that's a direct relationship to COVID, but more groups got back together in 2023. Yeah, we're getting the band back together. (laughs) International hotels will still charge high room rates for 2023. And yes, I found that to be the case i found an uptick in hotel rates about 16% was 16 to 20% was the rate increase ultra luxe cruising became a big thing yeah i think people were really hungry for cruising again because i think cruising came back a little bit slower than other travel and especially luxury cruising i think somehow people thought well i don't necessarily want the masses i want smaller maybe yacht Or maybe more exclusive, or maybe adult only, things like that. And Europe would still be popular. And yes, it was. I had a couple of European destinations this summer, and I can tell you, Europe was packed. The airports were packed, the hotels were packed, the tourist destinations were packed. So, yes, Europe still a very popular destination. Greece and Italy were amongst the most popular. And then Asia would increase in desire in 23. And you know, Japan just opened this year and everyone really wants to go to Japan and some other Southeast Asian destinations like Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia. So yes, that held true. So we traveled, Traveling Culturati and Advantage International in our groups. We traveled to South Africa twice in 23, Ghana twice in 23, Paris, Croatia, Greece, and Belize. These are all destinations that we traveled to in 2023. So let's talk about some holiday and winter travel tips, travel recommendations for holidays, when to leave, when to come back. So the reports are out. 115.2 million Americans are taking a destination holiday this winter making 2023 the second-highest travel year on record, according to AAA. The Transportation Service said that the number of Americans traveling during this year's travel period from Saturday, December 23rd to Monday, January 1st, is predicted to increase by 2.2% from 2022. And this forecast shows the year-end holidays as the busiest travel period of the year, according to Robert Sinclair Jr. of AAA Northeast. The rebound from COVID lockdowns continues as more Americans are investing in domestic and international travel. According to AAA, the top travel destinations in the U.S. this holiday season are Orlando, Florida, Anaheim, California, Chicago. New York City is the eighth most popular winter holiday destination in 2023. So if you're planning on an international trip, expect a lot of companions on flights to London, Aruba, and St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Those are the ones that are topping the list. So when should you leave and when should you come back? AAA said about 104 million Americans, 1.8% more than 2022, will drive to their winter destinations. They'll also be paying less for gas this year. That's a big plus. The national average for gas prices is $3.15 per gallon, which is 73 cents less than the peak price of $3.88 this year and 14 cents less than 2022. So Sunday, December 23rd, and Thursday, December 28th, are predicted to be the busiest days for motor vehicle travel. INRX, a travel data company, said Saturday, December 30th, will also be a busy traffic day compared to the normal Saturday. AAA said that the best times to drive to your holiday destination are before noon or after 7 p.m. to avoid the heaviest traffic hours. New York State Thruway is reconstructing its rest stops throughout the state. 11 are completed, but the following 12 rest stops are still under construction. So be sure to plan for food and bathroom breaks accordingly, because that's a major throughway, the New York State Thruway. So Slotesburg, Ramapo, Ulster, Malden, Gilderland, Pattersonville, Oneida, Warners, Port Byron, Scottsville, Ontario, and Angola. Now, if you are flying, if you're hitting the skies, AAA said this year may be the busiest year on record for airports. 7.5 million air travelers are expected during the 10-day holiday travel period, which surpassed 2019's record of 7.3 million passengers. So the service said average holiday ticket prices around this same time are lower than 2022 at around $400. And Forbes said the price of a ticket is down 12% or $52. However, prices are still higher than 2019 at about 29%. And then, of course, there are other modes of transportation like cruises, buses, and trains. And they're continuing their rise in popularity as transportation options. AAA said around 4 million Americans will use a bus, train, or boat to travel in 2023 compared to 3. Six, six million in 2022. So these modes of transportation are less expensive in the United States with domestic cruise prices down 12% at an average of $1,507. By contrast, overseas cruises will cost around $2,900, which is about 24% more than 2022. So let's talk about some tips for holiday travel, ways to get you through it a little bit better and easier. Number 1 is pack your patience. <laughs> I put it at the top of the list. I'm going to put it at the bottom of the list too, just as a reminder, pack your patience. This holiday season is said to be the busiest yet since 2019 and may be surpassing 2019. This is a time when families travel and those who may not travel as often. So yes, pack your patience. Prepare for TSA. I'm always amazed at how many people are not prepared for TSA. Yes, Transportation, security, administration, security checkpoints, and lanes. You have to clear them. So be prepared. Three one one. remember that rule. That's three ounces of liquids and creams. So you can't have any container of liquids or creams that are more than three ounces. So most of your toiletries. And they must be in one quart-sized bag. So your toiletry bag should be a quart-sized bag. And then all... In one carry-on bag, so that's the three-one-one. Dress for ease and comfort. Shoes that come off and go back on easily, so you don't have to sit there and tie them up or and all of that. And just know that you're going to have to take your shoes off. So start doing these things before you get to the point where you have to take them off. Properly pack your carry-on bag. No liquids or creams more than three ounces. Remember the three-one-one rule. Have your laptop ready for removal. So you don't have to dig around for it. Put it at the top. And then food, it can be carried on, but remember the liquids, that includes food. So like soups and things like that, you won't be able to carry on if they're more than three ounces. And don't wrap your Christmas gifts or seal your boxes because if they need to, they will have to go in them and they'll just rip open. And I think sometimes when they just see that things are wrapped, (laughs) they just like to rip them open. So don't do your Christmas wrapping before you hit the airport. You're going to have to do that on the other side. Get to the airport early. Lines will be long. I recommend two hours. Remember the earlier (laughs) in the news, we talked about those people that like to be there waiting. But yeah, give yourself that time because lines are going to be extra long. Two hours prior to your flight departure time. Consider boarding is 30 minutes prior to departure and you'll need time to check a bag you'll need time to get through security and to get to the gate. So give yourself that extra time, give yourself extra time to get to the airport. Remember what I said that happened to me completely didn't take into consideration that it was the Thanksgiving holiday, even though I was going to the Seychelles. (laughs) But traffic to the airport was really horrendous. Getting to the airport was fine. But once I approach the area where you're now entering the airport, that's where the traffic came to almost a screeching halt and took longer than it did for me to get from my place to the airport itself. So give yourself extra time, almost double your time that you would need because traffic to the airport can be heavy. Sign up for airline alerts so that you are really ahead of any cancellations or delays and things like that, and you're not the last in line for those rebookings. Check in 24 hours prior to your flight. And if you're hitting the road, remember AAA's recommendations. December 23rd and December 28th are predicted to be the busiest days for motor vehicle travel, so take that into consideration. You want to hit the road during the best times, and that's before noon or after 7 p.m. to avoid the heaviest traffic hours. And if you're going to be on the road for a long time, be sure to pack and prepare. Pack snacks, a blanket, emergency road kit, make sure you have a spare tire, a portable power bank for your phone, because if your car's not working and you're going to need cellular service, download the Gas Buddy app for the best gas prices and locations of gas stations have a good playlist or a nice satellite channel to get you through and get a checkup for your car so you'll have no surprises and make sure your car is road trip ready. Now, there are two other things I usually like to give as tips, being a good guest and being a good host. And a lot of times we don't put a lot of thought in it, but it is something you really should think about. So if you're visiting the family, arrive at a decent hour and let them know in advance of your ETA. If you're flying in and they're picking you up from the airport, I know you may want to be on that first flight, but consider they have to get up early in the morning to come and collect you or that late, late, late flight or rush hour. You want to avoid having someone to come pick you up during rush hour where they're going to spend hours on the road picking you up. Let them know who's coming in advance. No surprises it's always good to have a gift. A food item is good as they now have more mouths to feed. Treat your host to a night out or a breakfast or have something delivered with all the food delivery services. Now it's great to say breakfast is on me this morning and everyone can wake up to a delivered nice breakfast. Be prepared with your own everything so that you're not asking them for this and for that and make sure you clean up after yourself. Now, as far as a host, be a good host. Have your guests room or space ready. People kind of feel like they put you out if they see you making room or space for them. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you out. So kind of do all of that in advance. It's much more welcoming that way. Have the room set up for them that includes a snack basket, water and entertainment so they don't have to get up in the middle of the night and go looking for things find out their favorites like beverages and snacks, find out their allergies, and also have local activities available or at least information about it just to make them feel comfortable. I also want to talk about Kwanzaa because Kwanzaa is that special time of year. It happens after Christmas and it's seven nights. And if you're not celebrating it in its entirety, you can take pieces of it, you can take the spirit of it, the essence of it, or if you're celebrating it in its entirety, you can do that too. So according to history, Kwanzaa was officially recognized as a holiday in the 1960s to empower and connect Black communities after the wake of the Watts Riot. The name of the holiday ties back to the Swahili phrase Matunda Ya Kwanza, meaning the first harvest. The second A on Kwanzaa was added after the seven children of the first Kwanzaa celebration in 1966, of whom each year was granted a letter in the name of the holiday. So although Kwanzaa is celebrated in seven days following Christmas, many folks associate the two holidays as one. In reality, Kwanzaa is a holiday that centers around seven principles including Umoja, which means unity, Kujichagulia, which means self-determination, Ujima, which means collective work and responsibility, Ujama, cooperative economics, Nia, meaning purpose, Kuumba, meaning creativity, and Imani, meaning faith. Now, following the end of Kwanzaa, attendees offer homemade or culturally themed gifts to one another. And following that in a big part of Kwanzaa, like other holidays around the same time is food. So food is certainly something that fits both of those homemade and culturally relevant. And it's always a great time to come together with food. So that's why I say Kwanzaa, whether you celebrate it in its entirety, or if you celebrate in spirit or parts of it, it's something good to know about. There's a candle lighting to symbolize six Kwanzaa principle. It's the black candle and the largest meal is eaten on the sixth night. So each day of the seven days, there is a candle that is lit. And think about those foods, those culturally represented foods from Africa and the African diaspora. Corn is one that is very prominent. Corn bread, corn on the cob. And then of course, where you are, it's not just one thing. It's really going to be where you are. For example, if you're Caribbean or if you have Caribbean roots or Southern soul cooking in the Southern United States, things like okra, collards, tomatoes, Seafood like oysters, crabs, and shrimp, some Ghanaian staples if your family or your roots are from Ghana, like groundnut stew or jollof rice, spicy peppers, stewed vegetables, all of these things. So, mazao or crops. Then you have the seven principles to accompany the Kwanzaa holiday. The symbols include crops, mat, candle holder, corn, unity cup gifts, and of course, the seven candles, all of which are on the table of the Kwanzaa feast. And the mazao symbolizes the African harvest and rewards of collaborative and productive labor. So there's so many ways that you can celebrate. Really look it up if you're not already participating or celebrating the Kwanzaa holiday and see how you can connect with it. I love the idea of the seven principles. I love the idea of family, of unity, of purpose, creativity, faith, self-determination, cooperative economics, all of these things. And you can certainly gather around these in its entirety or in a small way. So no matter your celebration, whether it is Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, or If you do it in your own way, your family have your own traditions, make sure you celebrate, make sure you spend time with family and make it a purposeful holiday season. Even if you're not specifically or denominationally attached to any of them so on that note i want to wish you happy holidays happy kwanzaa merry christmas happy hanukkah all of those things and wishing you the best for a new year and my team has some things they want to say to you as well seasons greetings my name is Brittany riddle i'm calling from atlanta georgia and i just want to wish you and yours a very happy healthy holiday season Happy Holidays! This is Ray Diaz, editor for the Traveling Culturati, wishing you Happy Holidays even Feliz Ano Nuevo. Happy Holidays, everyone. This is Howard Little, the president and CEO of Video Twist Productions, the official videographer and photographer for Advantage International and Travel Culturati. From my family to your family, we wish you a very prosperous and safe holiday season from Video Twist Productions
1: and wishing your family an extraordinary Happy New Year. Happy Holidays.
0: Hello and Happy Holidays from Rnbound.com. This is Yolanda Como wishing you all a very happy holiday season. Remember to stay safe and healthy while traveling and while enjoying the holidays with your family and friends. It has been a great pleasure to give you key advices on staying healthy while traveling throughout this year. So Happy Holidays everyone rnbound.com. Season's greetings. This is Jean Harley, executive producer of Traveling Cochirati. wishing you and yours a happy holiday season. When I come back. I have the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit our website and join the travel club. Also, follow us on social media so that we can see what you're up to and you can see what we're up to. This is one of my favorite times of the year. It's so festive. You know, there are lights everywhere. I'm here in Chicago and it's so festive. We've already put up the city's Christmas tree, and it's absolutely beautiful. The colors are like a yellow, white, and red this year. But Christmas and the holidays abound wherever you are in the world. And we're going to the map, and we're heading to Finland. We're heading to a town called Levi Village in Finland, and it is certainly a winter wonderland. Joining me today is Aneta Latva Pikila. Is that correct?
1: That's very good. Very okay. good.
0: <laughs> yeah. She is the content manager at the Levy Ski Resort, which again is located in Levy Village in Finland. So, welcome to Traveling Culturati. Thank you. It's a micro city that's built around a ski resort in Western Lapland. So, Explain that a little bit more to me as far as a micro city and Western Lapland.
1: So, we are in the Arctic Circle and we have about seven months of winter here. And at the moment, it's very wintry. So, we have trees that are covered fully with snow. And we have about 50 centimeters of snow here at the moment. Levy Village, it's an old village. We have a part of the levy which is called Sirka. But uh, 60 years ago, the first ski lift was built here. And that's when the visitors started to come here more often. And it has developed a lot during these 60 years. So at the moment, we have 26 lifts and 44 slopes. And 17 of those slopes are open at the moment. And people come here around the world. They want to experience Lapland and the winter, which is a very snow-secure place here. So like you said, it's a winter wonderland. (laughs) Winter seven months out of the year. How is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you like winter, this is the perfect place to be. So we have very short summer. So the summer is about three months. And then the springtime, spring comes here really fast. So beginning of May, we still go skiing and cross-country skiing. And at the end of May, We're already biking and hiking, etc. So during one month, we go from winter to summer. So if you like spring, then this is not necessarily your place to be (laughs) (laughs) because everything starts to bloom in really short time. Yeah, I was visiting
0: the website and it is truly a magical place because you have, of course, the rivers and valleys and lakes. And then, as you said, it's Arctic. So this Arctic landscape is truly magical. But you were also saying to me earlier that you don't speak about mountains in the area. So usually you're thinking if they're ski slopes, they're mountains. So why is that?
1: Yeah, so Levi Fell, so we only have fells in Finland. We don't have mountains. So Levi Fell, for example, is 530 meters high. We can't and we won't want to compete with the Alps or anything like that because they're Alps and we're in Lapland and we have fells. And if you go on top of a fell, you can see as far as your eye can see. So basically 60 kilometers you can see up front of you. You see other fails, et cetera. So it's really like I think they've made a study that it's really good for your eyes to look at further away to far away because we spend so much time on the computers. So just to go up and just look around and see and feel and smell and basically listen to the silence because it's really silent here.
0: You know, I'm so glad that you said that, because when you say listen to the silence When you do that, and I've had moments where I've been able to do that, especially in nature, and that in itself is truly magical because I live in a city and certainly for all of us of us who do, it's noise all the time Mm. (laughs) and something is happening all the time, whether it's your neighbors or street traffic or just the sounds of the city. Of course, that song comes to mind, Sounds of Silence, which I can just imagine is a very serene type of experience. And so I'm just trying to wrap my head around what a fell is. Is it just a raised
1: area? We could say that it's a mountain, but it's a smaller mountain. I see. So these, all the fells here in Lapland, these are old volcanoes. So these are only the roots of the volcanoes that are left. So when the last ice age was here, it grounded all the mountains and volcanoes they made, grounded so that it's fells now. So here in Lapland, we actually had the highest mountains in all of Europe before the ice age. So now we don't have that high places, but we have really beautiful places. If you can count that we have 44 slopes, like long slopes over two kilometers that the length is. So it's really nice that you can get a lot of loops during the day and you can go around the fell and see different things and It's hard to describe and it's hard to show it in pictures. Like the best way is experience it by yourself. And we have like polar night here, which starts now in the beginning of December. So then the sun doesn't rise at all for 20 days. But that doesn't mean that we're completely living in the dark here. So during the days, it is bright. We just don't have sun. But then the light is really magical. So in the morning, we have the sky is completely pink. And then it turns into a brighter and then we go into the blue moment when it starts to get darker. And we have really good lights on the fell so you can ski until the evening and it's LED light. So it's basically almost like skiing in- during the day. So you can see really well. You don't need to use a headlamp or be afraid that you get lost somewhere, etc. Wow, so, pink skies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really pretty. It's like that's my favorite time of the day, like the mornings. Oh, I could imagine.
0: So it's a micro city because it was built around the ski resort and it's in the western Lapland. And so I'd never really heard of that term before, Lapland. So what is Lapland?
1: So we have Lapland in Finland, Sweden, Norway, and Russia. Basically in Lapland, we have reindeers and then we have Sami people. So they're kind of the original people that has been here forever. So Sami people live in Lapland as well. And yeah, it is kind of like it's not that often that it's set in, in a map that Lapland, but it is above the Arctic Circle.
0: Wow. And so that means you have the Northern Lights as well.
1: Yeah, we do have it. And the Northern Light season already starts at the end of August already. Yeah. So that's really nice because in end of August, we don't have snow yet. So the ground is completely dark, black, and then you have the lights in the sky. So it really like pops out really nicely but then also during the winter when everything is white and you see the northern lights dancing in the sky and yeah so it's day and night it's super 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 pretty
0: and i can imagine skiing there and so the Levy ski resort of course, you're open year round, I would imagine, yeah. but uh, yeah. but certainly with seven months of winter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would certainly help. So again, I know you mentioned it earlier, but let's say that again, how many slopes you have and what is the ski like at the ski resort?
1: Well, it's super good and it's super fun. So in the past couple of days, we've been skiing powder here. So we had a lot of new snow here. If you're a beginner, it's a perfect place to be. We've had the Alpine World Cup competitors here since beginning of October. We had even like the top top ladies and men training here. We have the Levy World Cup was here. So We have these professionals come here to train because we have the snow and then we have people that come here just for the weekend and ski a couple of days or stay longer. In the Levy village, there's a thousand people that live here year round. But then during the whole year, we have about 700,000 people visiting here. So we have about 25,000 beds in the village. We have hotels and we have really nice cozy cabins like Finnish cabins where you have the fireplace and sauna and some have outdoor jacuzzis. Then we have the igloos. So you have the classroom and walls so you can see the northern lights and sleep under them. And so we have a lot of different things for a lot of different people as well and of course the like what goes hand in hand in lapland is the reindeers so we have a lot of reindeer herders here so you can go and have a sled ride with the reindeer or just go and feed them or there's even a reindeer that gives you kisses and then you have the husky rides and if you like speed you can go snowmobiling and we have an ice rink here as well so if you come here for a week my suggestion is to take it easy that don't try to rush and do everything just enjoy the silence and enjoy the views and just take it all in and kind of like take a slower pace in life because you're on a holiday so you don't need to rush everything Yeah, enjoy the sounds of silence. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) And also, as this time of the year approaches, Christmas, being in a winter wonderland during Christmas, what type of activities and festivities do you have?
1: Well, we have, of course, what Finland is known for, except for sauna, is Santa Claus. So a lot of people want to meet the Santa Claus and elves. So we have those possibilities here as well. And then we have snowshoeing, cross-country skiing. We Finnish people we love. Cross-country skiing, so we try to get everybody at least to test or try it out. So we have that. And basically, Finns love skiing, alpine skiing as well, so most or I could almost say like 95% of the people that come here, Finnish people, they go alpine skiing and cross-country skiing, but then foreigners. So then they come and do the husky rides and reindeer rides and snowmobiling, and they go and hunt some uh, northern lights. Like in the village, we have street lights. So then when you have the light pollution, so you can't see the northern lights so well, so then they go a little bit further to on the rivers so or lakes where it's black. So then you can see the Northern Lights better there. Yes. And what about some Christmas markets? Yeah, we do have a Christmas market as well. And it's very anticipated every year. So that's in the village. There we have some local handcrafts and some that you can buy things to eat. And you can buy some souvenirs. And it's really nice lit. And it's this wooden houses that we have there. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much.
0: It really does sound like a winter wonderland and a magical place to be. You can get more information at Levi, L-E-V-I dot F-I. Again, that's Levy dot F-I. And we're talking about Levi, this micro city and village built around a ski resort, which is the Levy Ski Resort in northern part of Finland. And Nata, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This was my pleasure. Ladies-